Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's good, everybody. Welcome to Under Review with Stats and Vish. I'm Stats. He's Vish. It's a little bit of a rough one last night, Vish. We're going to dive into all of it. Before we do, please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard YouTube channel and to Vish's YouTube channel. Just search Vish Kumar and it'll come right up. Like and subscribe there. Uh, Vish always has a ton of great guests on his channel. Vish, how are you feeling after one preseason game in the books? I, I'm feeling good. Like it, it's it's tough to see the 49ers lose in any capacity. Um, I always say preseason doesn't matter, but then, you know when it's you know 34 to seven, you're kind of a little bit pissed off just as a fan. But uh, honestly, it, it was a fun game to see. Uh, obviously, any data point that we get in Trey Lance's career with him playing feels monumental, just because we have so little information. Actually, being able to watch the guy play that it feels like we reach a point where we want to draw conclusions every single moment that we see him play. And so that always adds to better conversation, I would say, after a game, certainly more engaged conversation than your average preseason game where zero starters play. And so that's definitely a part of it. But I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of things. I caught a little bit of your show with Michelle last night and talk about a spicy Rob Guerrera. Yeah, she was uh, she was fired up. She said that last night changed her opinion on Trey Lance and that she's out on him. Um, Doesn't think he's ready to be a starter. I don't know if she thinks he's ready to be anything ever. With Lance, I think that the weight has, like, eliminated any patience that everybody has, right? Because we had to wait to see him in 2011. And we saw him a couple of times, and he was okay. And then we had to wait through the whole offseason to see him in 2022. And he, we had to wait because he got hurt in the fifth quarter of the season. And we've had to wait all this off season. And then we had to wait for this free season game. And so like, we've had to wait so long. It's almost like we're mad at him when he comes out and doesn't light it up. It's like, damn it. I've been waiting years for this to happen right. and we don't see it. Right. And that's what you and I have been talking about. I, I would say almost the entire off season. I feel like you and I have been constantly saying one thing about him, and it's that he's not going to transform himself in an offseason. He has to play football. He has to play in actual games. And, you know, I, I think if we're going to go there right now, because I saw you put up the little banner with his stats, I, I think the best way to describe how he played yesterday, and before I describe it, I want to preface it with this. He is a guy coming off an injury. This was the first time he came back off an injury. You could see that people around him in the muddy pocket, especially early in that football game, affected him. Remember when Jimmy Garoppolo, the first preseason game, he played off of his torn ACL, the infamous Mm -hmm. Monday night game at Denver, when he had a passer rating of (laughs) 0.0. We gave him the excuse of the ACL injury. So similarly, I will give Trey Lance an excuse because he's coming off of an injury that was serious. But to me, the most conclusive way to describe his performance is he looked like a very young quarterback that hasn't played a lot. You could see glimpses of the talent. He had a couple of nice escapes. You could see glimpses of the talent passing. He had a couple of really nice throws on that wide in-cut they run from the bunch where the wide guy runs the in-cut. From the dagger concept to Chris Conley, he made that throw nicely twice. And so he had those two things. But then there were, of course, a bunch of mistakes throughout the game. I would say out of the four stacks, I would put two definitively on him. Yep. We can we can touch on that in a, in a, in a little bit. But, yeah, I, I would say it was a very up and down. It was as polarizing a performance as you can get from a quite already polarizing player, right? If you like Trey Lance, you like what you saw yesterday. 
If you don't like him, you didn't like what you saw yesterday. That's the frustrating part thing is that like he never goes out to me at least and has a performance that's hideously bad and he never has one that's amazingly great. It's always like some good and some bad. And so we're always stuck sort of in this same place arguing about it. Uh, I do think that we can say two things. One, I didn't think it was atrocious, but also he needs to be better and he needs to start faster. And I get it like he hasn't played, but that doesn't matter in terms of the evaluation of him. We can't wait two, three drives for you to get going. I do wish that they had run the ball more because I felt like he looked his best when they started running the ball more consistently. I think they only called one run in his first couple plays. Now I know Kyle said that that was partly because they, you know, on third down, it was third and long. So they had to pass, but I wish they had run it a little more because I felt like that's Rob, 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 this is where I push back against the running argument. Okay. Cause you're trying to get your quarterback confidence early. Like those are two easy quick game completions that he gets on that first drive that he takes sacks on both. Okay. The first one, the play is jet stick. I think rich Madrid posted the play actually on Twitter. So if you want to see it and I, okay, I'm not sure if the Raiders are playing three deep or what exactly they're doing, but he throws the alert, the pro- pro- progressions on the other side, he reads it flat to stick. That's how he usually reads it. If he reads the progression, despite Nick Zakel getting beaten, he finds, I think it was Ross Dwelly on the stick route, and that's a completion five yards, and maybe he takes a hit, but that's certainly not a sack. Instead, he looks at the alert. I don't know if he thought the corner was squatting. On the alert, you run an eight-yard hitch route. If the corner is playing bump and run, the corner is not playing bump and run there. I think the Raiders are playing some form of three deep, but the corner is squatting. I thought, I think maybe Lance thinks Chris Conley is sight adjusting to a fade. Rich actually posted all of this. He and I were talking about this during the game. But I think he posted all of it on Twitter. So if you want to go see it there, you can. Um, but the point is, it was that was one I'm not sure if I would put on him, but certainly I didn't know where his eyes were and why he was looking at it that way. The second one, Rob, the third down play, third and five, you have again the concept to your left. It's stick route right in front of your face. Step up and make the throw. He sees the covered through corner on the field side near the sideline squatting very late and he hesitates, pump fakes, and he takes another sack. Like these are rudimentary things a quarterback needs to do. This goes back to, hey, like when he first started, they had to call slant flat three different times before he read it out correctly. I, I think the player is still very talented. I think the player has had a lot of inexperience. But when we say, well, Shanahan should have run it, Shanahan should have run it, we say that only because the plays didn't work. But the plays didn't work because those were simple plays that the quarterback needed to execute. And he didn't execute it early in the game. And that's why they took sacks. And that's why Shanahan should have run the ball. And that's why we say all of that. Look, I don't know about the breakdown of reads and all the stuff you mentioned. That's, I can't, you're I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't know. Um, I, when I watch it, I don't know like that there's a ton of open guys that he's missing. Um, to me, the, it looked like there the wasn't much separation. None. Third sack, uh, none. If you, go stream, the you, can sack. A, you can see a play here. Um, so this, this is the first, first sack. Play. The first like, sack, if you look at the top side of the screen on the first sack, they run the uh, – so if you can just scroll back right here on that side, right? They motion the tight end out. Their tight end goes flat, and they're running a stick route with there, right there. So he reads that flat to stick on the well, back he's looking side. At right now. But he's bottom. looking at the alert. Exactly. He's looking at the alert. And this is where I don't know whether to put this sack on him or not because I don't know what's going on, and this is one that will never get this information. But he's looking at the alert. And basically, the alert has two jobs here. If he's bump and run, you run an eight-yard hitch. If the corner is playing off and he's playing cloud coverage, you sight adjust to a fade. Now, the corner is kind of playing three deep here, but he does squat. I'm not sure if Lance was expecting him to sight adjust to a fade. I'm not sure if that's what was supposed to happen. He didn't do it. But either way, this one, I'm not sure if I would put the sack on him, but I don't know what the process is here because typically this concept, the pure progression is one is the flat and two is the stick route. And if he does read the pure progression to that side, and this is a basic quick game concept, he gets this ball out despite the fact that Nick Zakel gets run over, right? Like this is a but bad rep from Nick Zakel. To me, I think I agree with him not throwing this. Look at the corner. Oh, to no, me- no. He makes the right decision to not throw the backside route. My question is where his eyes are because he's not reading the concept side. So I don't know why he's coming to the alert first. That's my question. Right. Okay. I don't know about that either. But the way he's looking right in this play, and this is a quick, like you got to decide fast because it's just that's the nature right, of the play. Right, right, right. 
I agree with him not throwing this pass because to right, me, the right. corner looks like he's six. about to, to drive on it. And so, like, we all look at that and it's like, oh, he needs to get the ball out. It's like, all right, well, if I'd rather him take a sack than throw a pick. Right, right. No, no, no. In the case, he made the right decision to not throw this football. I agree there. Absolutely. If he throws this football in the hitch route, it's a pick six. Again, I don't know if he expected Conley to cite adjust to a fade because he thought it was cloud coverage to that side. So he wanted to throw it. Conley wasn't on the same page. He had to eat the ball, takes a sack. I don't know if I would fully put that on him either. I'm, I'm not trying to put this sack on him. I'm just saying the process that goes into this play, I'm not exactly sure what happened. The second sack, though, the one on third and five, he's got to make that throw. If you go back to that one, do you have the clip for that one? Uh, I can try and pull it up really quick. I think Josh Norris posted it, our mutual friend, if you want to. Rich has sack up. Oh, okay, okay, perfect. So the second sack, look at the top of the screen right there. He's got a little sticker out, but he sees that cover two corner squat late. He's looking right at it, and he pumps fakes, and he takes the sack. This is a ball. I don't think you should have thrown that either. I, you got to throw this on third and six. Oh, I totally disagree. If I stop it, look. Right here. Throw the stick route right there. The you got to throw it. Corner's right on the boundary. He's, He's going to jump in front of squatting, but you put this ball on him. And, I mean, this is the same throw Jimmy Garoppolo made to Dante Pettis to beat the Steelers versus cover two. And that was actually a bad decision because Pettis wasn't running a stick route. He ran an out route. And it was just a lucky play that Pettis came back to the ball and caught it. But you got to throw this ball. This See, is, to I me. This is on him to me. You got to throw this. To me, I don't think he should have because there's the corner is squatting right there. I think in a perfect world, he pumps it and hits the guy going down the sideline because the corner sits. But stats, the cover two corner squatting there, he sees it late and he holds the ball down. This is the inexperience that we're talking about that makes him hesitate and not throw it, right? Like these are the things that going through playing, like when we're talking about like, hey, veteran quarterbacks that play on time and on schedule, I don't want to make this a comparison to Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold because I don't know what they would have done in this situation. That's merely just me speculating. But if we take like a, hey, standard veteran quarterback like a Kirk Cousins, these are some of the plays that you make on time and on schedule. And I, I think he should have made this throw. You seem to disagree, which is fine. But either way, either way, it's – and by the way, Christopher says it's pick. It's not a pick, I think. if he, the, There's no way the corner squats and is able to then come in and squeeze the stick route because he's stopping the route he pump fakes on it. He's looking right at it. He he was trying to throw that ball. But my point is either way, this is kinks of playing, right? Like the next time he plays, he'll know how much space he has and you'll probably make this throw. So like, I, I want to make that bigger point in all of this, but to me, this is a sack that's on the quarterback, not on the offensive line. You may be right. And maybe he's supposed to bang it right on him. To me, when I watched it again, I was like, Ooh, maybe he made the right decision not to throw it there. But look, I'm not as educated on you at that stuff so and Nick I, was, I will say I will say for the third sack it's definitely not on him the third sack was just a protection bust on the right side he tried to escape and make a late but uh, play late but it wasn't available but the fourth sack it was again like it was Brock Purdy in the NFC championship game play action you have an out route he's looking at it just take a hitch and make the throw and he hesitates to make the throw and again these are the things when we say he's a young inexperienced quarterback Rob Young, inexperienced quarterbacks tend to hesitate. They need to see things. They need that sight confirmation. And this is where playing four and a half games in four years bites you in the ass because yes. a lot of this is about him getting comfortable. A lot of this is about him growing. A lot of this is about him getting opportunities to go through a process. Yes, I Me Too says it exactly right. He looks like a young, talented guy who hasn't played a lot of football. And that's not an indictment of what he's going to be, but it tells you what he needs to do to get where he could be. And that is play. And that's where this situation is funky, Rob. They need to get this guy on the field. He needs to play. Right. He hadn't played in 329 days and he hasn't started and finished two straight games in over 1300 days. I want to see, let's see him study the film this week. Let's see him come back next week. Does he still right. look hesitant? Does he throw the trick? You know, and again, if he has a good week next week, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a great no. player. But like, again, all we've been talking about is that we want to see him play. And I think that was clear. That's what he needs. Kyle said uh, after the game that it was hard not to put him out for the third quarter. I wish he did. Yeah, like, yeah, honestly. Brandon Allen's wife uh, is, is close to having labor. He actually took a red eye afterwards to go be with her. They should have told him to take the week off, let Lance play into the third. And then if you want to give Darnold's some action just to get him some throws. He could have played in the fourth quarter. Like you could have done it that way. 
Yeah, to me, like letting Brandon Allen play the fourth quarter of the game, like who cares? Like what who what does that help? That doesn't help anybody. Yeah. But no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think he should have played more. Um, and it, it's it's a weird situation too, right? Because I just focused on the negatives, right? I just told you, hey, he took these two sacks. So these this is why he's not ready. This is why they're going with Brock Purdy. But we didn't even touch on the positives, right? Like the positives, he had a couple of times off schedule outside of the pocket where he made a couple of really, really nice plays, right? The jump yep. pass was a nice play off schedule to Willie. Yes, Smith. it was. Then he had two plays on schedule, the third and eight, where he threw what I described, the dagger concept before. Wide bunch to the field. He throws to the wide guy running the big in um, on, on from the bunch. He throws the in route, third and eight. First time he got protection in the game, stepped up in the pocket, great timing, great accuracy, really good throw. Then the second one was right after he threw the second interceptable pass, the one after the end zone, and everybody's like, ah, oh, Trey Lance sucks, blah, blah, blah. Well, the very next play, he comes and bangs, yeah. uh, bangs a dig route to Chris Conley. One of the best, probably the best throw he made all game. That was a great throw, and I thought it was great to watch it on the back half of arguably his biggest mistake in the game. So there were a lot yes. of positives. There were two times he was dead to rights in the pocket where he got only one yard scrambling. But he made a play with his legs that should have been a six, seven yard sack. So there's a lot of talent here that we saw, too. It's just this process of allowing a player to play and throw that happens that is slow. And I don't think people realize that. I think people are like, well, he worked on his mechanics this offseason, so he should be ready to go. That doesn't make you equipped to play. And I, that what I'm excited to see, Rob, is what you described, right? Because I think there is somewhat of a negative connotation from this preseason game there really shouldn't be because it's the first game back from the ankle all of that what I'm excited to see is how this game then allows him to grow the next time we see him in the next preseason game because this is a guy we don't even get to see back play back-to-back games he's like an octopus he comes out plays one game of football and then he's gone for the next year (laughs) wait an octopus what what does that have to do with an octopus? Because you know how octopuses sometimes come out of their little hole. They'll eat a meal. Then they'll go back in and they'll be nowhere to be found for a while. That's kind of been Trey Lance's football career for us so far. He gets I'm plays, just... he gets hurt, and he's gone. Then he comes back, he plays, he gets hurt. So I'm excited to see him play back-to-back. I feel like if you were going to go with an animal for that analogy, you got to go with a bear because bears, bears. Hi- they're famous for hibernating in the winter. An, an octopus, I don't but know. Bears are around in the spring, right? Like we don't even get this guy back to back in the spring <laughs> or the fall. Vega, shout out to Javi Vega, podcaster emeritus. Uh, he says that Lance should play every snap in the preseason the rest of the way and that he hasn't had the 400 to 600 reps to figure it out. The team is not aligned with his timeline. That is a very common refrain. Um We'll get into some of what the Niners are saying about Brock Purdy, which I think is friggin' crazy. I don't think they're doing him any favors, but I want to still talk about more. One thing I think is interesting, right? The Sam Darnold long pass to Ronnie Bell, which shout out Ronnie Bell. Way to show out, man. Good for you. Does anyone remember what happened the very play before the deep pass? Lance, or or not Lance, Darnold threw to the sideline. It was inaccurate and it was incomplete. And guess what? The sky didn't fall, right? The next play made a beautiful throw to Ronnie Bell for a huge chunk, which is what I've been saying about Trey Lance. Like, stop freaking out about the small ones if he can hit some bigger throws down the field. And that's exactly what Darnold did. Um, Darnold, nothing Darnold does in this preseason is going to change my mind about him. I thought he was okay. I thought he looked worse the longer he played. But also, like, he's played 56 games. So, like, it's not surprising to me that he looked a little more comfortable than Trey Lance. Let's see if when Trey Lance plays as much as Sam Darnold, if he still looks the same way. That would be my comeback for that. I don't know if Trey Lance or Sam Darnold look better than Trey Lance necessarily. I haven't gone back and watched Sam Darnold's throws the way I've watched Trey Lance's throws, and I haven't watched either of them on film. But I think Sam Darnold looked more assured than Trey Lance, and I think that was the big difference when you're talking about 55 games of experience, whether he played well or bad. And I know how you feel about how he's played in those 55 games. It is 55. No, no, it's not games. how I feel. It is a fact. He's been okay, gone. Okay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, he and he has those 55 games of equity. And you did touch on this too, right? Like with Trey Lance also, like I thought it was an improvement, dude, in terms of the passing. I thought he was more accurate than he's been. I thought there was a less of a hesitation in terms of throwing shorter passes where it felt like you, him, and me, everybody didn't know where the ball would go. It felt like he was very confident. He was assured. He threw the check down to Dwelly. I think the second play where he reads it's hot, um, 
long to short and he comes down and checks it down to Dwelly. He threw that decisive quickly with confidence. And then the out route that he threw to uh shout out to from also Naperville, Illinois, a neighbor of one of my good buddies growing up, Troy Fumagalli. Shout out <laughs> to him, Rob. He had a it was a nice throw from him on that too. So like there was improvement. I, I didn't think like he really threw a pass that was completely errant the entire time he played. Now a couple of passes were to the wrong team, but they weren't errant like in the sense that he threw it to one spot and it went to a completely different spot. It felt like he had control every time he threw it on where the ball was going, which is a massive improvement from when we've had to gotten to see him in the past. I hate that we have to wait another week to see these guys come back out. Like, can't they play tomorrow? Like, I can't take a whole week of debating this. It's going to absolutely drive me nuts. Um, do you think that, because what I'm hearing is that Darnold will probably start next week and that Trey will be, you know, the second quarterback up. Do you think that they give Trey more reps in the preseason? Or do you think that basically, like, they've made their decision, Darnold clearly is QB2, and that they're just going to give Trey the scraps of whatever? So it's a weird situation, right? Because I saw Mike Silver tweet out that if Trey Lance plays significantly more than Darnold to him, that's an indication that Darnold has locked up the number two quarterback slot. And I remember texting you, and I saw you tweeted it out after you texted me saying I've been tweeting it, that you felt like, hey, putting him in the first half of today was a little bit of a showcase to try and drum up his trade market to ultimately be able to move him. It did not later, work. <laughs> right, later in the offseason. Instead, he remains as polarizing as he's ever been. But um, I don't know, dude. I, I Sometimes I feel like when he tends to play a little bit more, it does feel a little bit showcasey. Because at the end of the day, I feel like we're at a point with the player that sitting on the bench is not what's going to help us find out what Trey Lance is. It, we're, at a, we're at a point where for his career and for him, if, if you want to find out what you have in Trey Lance, either you put him on the field or you got to find a way to move him. And that's where, like, if he plays more in the preseason, then it does feel like a situation that they're just trying to drum up the trade market. And I would respect them, by the way, at this point, if they moved him, because they're doing what's best for his career. And at the very least, I, I feel like they could do that, even though they're not responsible for that. It would be a nice thing to do. No, but, no, 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 I totally disagree with that. What's best for him is to play with the friggin' starters and get experience with the I best don't think playing here is the best for him, dude. I do. I don't Let think he play. can make mistakes. The mistakes that he made today, if he makes in real games and stuff with the 49ers, they'll bet they'll bench him and all of that. Like that's a process that quarterbacks have to go through. I'm talking about like, what's best for him. I'm saying what's best for him. For yeah, Trey, go to a team that's Trey. married to the process of developing him and plays him. But I don't think that's this team. It's to play in San Francisco. Is to like, how is it not best for Trey Lance to play with the best roster and the one of the best play callers in the league? Clearly, that because, would be because, best for his because, development. Because when you're playing with that, there's an expectation that the quarterback plays a certain way, and you can't make rudimentary like mistakes on stuff like that. And that's where, like, that's why they play Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why they play Brock Purdy, because these guys play like a veteran. And Trey Lance is still young and ascending. And he's or he's probably more dynamic, right, than the other two. We talk about upside potential, all of that. But to get to his upside and potential, you have to go through a process where he plays how he played yesterday. And the 49ers, whether I – look, I my opinion is out of this. The 49ers are not married to go through that process. Can we agree on that? They're not. Oh, yeah. No, I get yeah. why the team isn't doing it. I'm just saying you said it's best for Trey Lance to get traded and play somewhere else. I disagree. I think it's best I, for yeah, Trey but, Lance. But if the team is not married to that process, dude, I feel like how is he supposed to play here, right? If the team was married to the process of we're going to live with him making mistakes oh. like this because he makes good plays and he's going to grow, I say play him in San Francisco. They're so out on that process with him. I understand that. Yeah, I'm just saying in a vacuum. Okay, fair enough. I get it. I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, All I, things being equal, if the 49ers were married to the process, sure. It would be the absolute best situation for him to play, right. bro. This is back-to-back comments in the chat. Third String All Pro says Rob is in denial. Jedi says Rob is a romantic. and <laughs> Maybe they're not opposites after all, but... Wait, why are you a romantic in this case? Uh, maybe because I'm still maintaining hope on Trey Lance. Um, oh, I'm still maintaining hope on Trey Lance too. I don't see what you saw yesterday that could tell you that he's a bad quarterback, can't play. You have to take him out of the league. I, I just agree. don't like this process with San Francisco. Yeah, and I'd like, I know there was two drop picks. I get that. Darnold had a drop pick too. Like, well, you yeah. know, 
And I, what I told Michelle on so, last night was drop picks happen in the games with the starters too. Like those, are, that's a normal thing. I was encouraged, like you mentioned, that after the second drop pick, he responded with two of his best throws of the entire night back to back. In a weird way, it almost kind of was bad for him that the drop, the first dropped interception was a touchdown because it ended the drive. He right. couldn't like respond and maybe throw a, like a, a touchdown that wasn't dropped. So it was sort of weird that way. But uh, after the game, Trey was, uh, I thought he took responsibility once again, which he always does, but he seemed a little Defeated. upset, like terse, which I can understand. And did you notice Grant asked Trey, you said all you wanted was a chance to compete. Is this what you had in mind when you said that? And Trey looked away from Grant and gave yeah. a non-answer and just said, I'm trying to do the best I can with my action. Right? He yep. looked a little different when he was asked that question yeah it was kind of, was kind of heartbreaking to see to be honest like he felt like poor Trey Lance I think that it's starting to get to him a little bit and I it'd be it's totally understandable just given everything that happened but I do feel like maybe he's starting to get down um and it sucks Rob, but Rob I, I I I'm not shocked if he's starting to get down I mean look at the process right like everybody says oh he was drafted to the best situation and all of that but nobody really looks at it because from the perspective of, hey, he was 23 years old, and think about the real-life experiences, right? You get drafted. It has to be the pinnacle of your life. When Kyle Shanahan, offensive genius, gives up three <laughs> first-round picks for you, he drafted you above everybody else, and he trades up for you and says you're the face of the future, right? Yep. You go there. You're supposed to be the face of the franchise, but they have this existing quarterback who the team is tied to. They went to the Super Bowl with. And now they do a 180 and say that existing quarterback is going to remain. You're probably going to sit a year. They're going to go with the Mahomes plan. You're cool with that. Okay, fine. They have a very fragile situation with this existing quarterback in the locker room. So they protect that situation the entire offseason by not featuring you, not marketing you, not doing what the usual things that the Niners would do for a guy that was drafted in the top five at that position. I know. Get, right? We know the story. Right, and then you go through the process, you go through the preseason, the two quarterbacks, the Trey Lance package, all of that was nuts, dude. That was nuts. That yep. was nuts. And then they go to the NFC Championship game with Garoppolo. They lose, which, I mean, dude, if they win the Super Bowl in that case, if you're Trey Lance, you're thinking, I'm never getting a chance, right? Because if they win right. the Super Bowl with Garoppolo, he's coming back. Well, they yep. don't. They get rid of Garoppolo, or so they say they do. They have a bunch of drama with Garoppolo on the side. They transfer no, the team over I, to I you. Know this. I, I know. We know the story. We don't need to recap it. Sorry to okay, interrupt. Fair you. enough. Fair enough. No, no, you're right. We don't need to recap it. But I, I feel like a lot of people don't give enough sympathy to Trey Lance in this situation. Like, oh, deal with it. Oh, whatever. Like, no, this is a really hard situation for a 23 year old. I'm 23. So I'm a little bit <laughs> sensitive God. to it. Now, let's uh, actually, you know what? Here, let's do this. We'll get to some of the other standouts from the game. But since we're talking quarterbacks. Okay. John Lynch just compared Brock Purdy to Zach Thomas in a column. I think Albert Breer wrote the column. Um, and they are just heaping praise on Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan was doing it. I almost think they are setting, they are trying to set a very high standard for Brock Purdy. Like there is no, hey, Brock's only 23 and he's only played eight career games. No, they're telling you he's the real deal. They're telling you he's the guy. We got a potential franchise quarterback. So, like, they are sort of, I don't want to say eroding the patience with Brock Purdy, but, like, they're certainly not giving, giving him any sort of honeymoon, period. Yeah, no, they're not, right? It feels like last year those eight games have entrusted him to just get, like, full franchise starting quarterback treatment this offseason in terms of how he's had to handle media, in terms of how the team has talked about him and all of that. And, look, I, this comment is going to be crazy. John Lynch says crazy things about his quarterback's all the time. I think he yeah, said, <laughs> I, look, I, I don't remember the exact quote. This is just off my memory, like something that was there that triggered the moment he said this. But like, dude, I'm pretty sure he said like after they got Jimmy Garoppolo or paid Jimmy Garoppolo that like, oh, Jimmy, my Bucks teams would have won five or six or seven Super Bowls or something like that with Jimmy Garoppolo. And he built teams as good as his Bucks teams here and got no Super Bowls from Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's He's tend to say some pretty crazy outlandish things when it comes to the quarterbacks and all of that. I, I don't know if I really love the Zach Thomas com comparison for one reason, other than I'm salty. He made the hall of fame over Patrick Willis. Like what the <laughs> hell was that? But like, okay, fine. 
but I kind of got what he was saying. I understood it, but you're right. They're putting franchise quarterback expectations on Brock Purdy this offseason, just like they did with Trey Lance a year ago, and it feels like they're going forward with him. And I do wonder, I've told you this on the side, I do wonder sometimes if they oversell what they have because they not only need Brock Purdy to be good, but they need Brock Purdy to basically cancel out the fact that they used three first round picks on Trey Lance and they're not going in that direction. And they're not going in that direction because they drafted Brock Purdy with the last pick in the draft. So if you're not going in the direction with the guy you used three first round picks for, you better sure as hell be ready to be able to explain that the seventh round guy is worthy of being the guy that you traded three first round picks for. That's somewhat what the explanation that they're going with here. And part of that sell is not, Hey, Brock Purdy is a bridge starter. He's this, he's our franchise quarterback. They're embracing it. I'm happy they're embracing it. We'll see what happens. Right. It's like on your report card, if you have a couple of F's and then one A, you're telling your parents, hey, look at the A I got in shop <laughs> class, right? right? Don't pay. I know I got an F in math, but th- look at this A over here. Look, look how good that is. Look at this lamp that I built. You know, like there does seem to be a little bit of that going on with the 49ers. And again, like as I've said, yes, I want Trey Lance to play, but I'm not rooting against Brock Purdy once the regular season starts. Regular season starts, have at it, Brock. Go nuts. I'll be there cheering you on and and breaking down your film and giving you your flowers when you do good things and all of that stuff. This is just a preseason situation right now. And we'll see. But they are really hyping Brock up. Like, I just just take a breath, man. Just say, hey, he played well last year. He's coming back from an injury. We think he deserves to be the starting quarterback, and we're going to try and do as good as we can. Like, why can't you just say that? You know, you, like, you don't have to. That's the business, dude, right? Like, you got to sell somebody. People has got to be excited about somebody. I will say, Rob, the one thing I guess we can credit them for, too, here is they have a really, really good knack on the character evaluation of the guys that they seem to draft, right? Like, Trey handled all of this really, really well. Last year handled the Jimmy stuff really well. Jimmy handled all the BS that went into playing the 49ers quarterback position over the last four years really well. And it seems like Brock's also handled all of this that comes in with being the quarterback really well so far. So at least there's one positive, like demeanor wise, publicly, all their quarterbacks seem to handle this stuff better. Yeah, like, I mean, congratulations. I mean, like, dude, you just, like you saw, but you saw how Derek Carr just handled this situation, right? With the Raiders after last year and all of that. Like, the Niners never got into a bad situation like that with Jimmy, right? Like, imagine if you tried to replace Derek Carr the year after you make the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Derek Carr would ask out. He wouldn't come back and play for you the next three years. Oh, no. Like, so what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, no. That that sarcastic oh, no could be right. You're right. Like, if Trey Lance said, I want to trade and the Niners moved on, like, okay, then we'd be done with this whole conversation, you know? So maybe – uh, and for all we know, Trey Lance did request a trade. We've seen this organization not honor certain trade requests in the past, so who the hell knows? But for now, everybody's staying quiet. All right, let's get into some of the other stuff from the game because there was a lot of – I shouldn't say a lot. There were a few good things that I liked, although for the most part, I wished our backup defensive line had gotten a little more pressure. I know Cleveland Farrell had a sack, which is great, but for the most part, they didn't get a ton of pressure on the Raiders, which – you know, D-line is supposed to be one of the deeper areas on the team, and I didn't get the warm and fuzzies last night. Yeah, front seven on the whole, right? Like, you can throw the linebackers into. We just spent the previous show talking about how there's, like, seven, eight linebackers that are going to make this team, blah, 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 all of those kinds of things. I, I was pretty surprised. Usually, I mean, Rob, I can remember watching the Niners' defensive line backups and their linebackers' backups over the last three, four years. They're dominating everybody else's backups there. Nobody can block them, right? It was it usually is the situation what the Raiders defensive line had with the Niners backup offensive line. I'm not sure if this, it's just a fact that, you know, this team has been through it so many times. They've been through the process of building up for a season that they just don't have the same energy at this point of the season that they usually do. I mean, we're talking yeah. about three out of four really long seasons, a lot that goes onto your body, guys that are a lot older now than they were, you know, two, three years ago when the Niners were the super energetic team at this point in camp. So I think that that plays into the energy that the Raiders had because the Raiders are a younger team, you know, a freshly put together team in a lot of ways by Josh McDaniels, whereas the Niners have been there, done that. They have a process. They have a way of building up to the season. But I, I, I was a little bit concerned by the defensive line. I didn't see one flash 
from anybody. Usually, usually you see something from a Kevin Givens. You see something from an Austin Bryant type, or I guess Cleveland Furl had that nice sack on an inside move, but yep. it was a little Where's Austin Bryant? Then. I keep hearing about Austin Bryant. He looks so good. He looks so good. Like, do something. Where's Javon Kinlaw? I thought, I thought we were going to get Javon Kinlaw 2.0. Nope. I, he got he, shoved around. He looked, he, looked, he looked fresh and explosive, though. He looked fresh oh. and explosive. Second if play he, of the game, he, he got penetration. If he didn't know he was playing in the game, I feel like you never would have found out. Like, if no one told me at the beginning of the game that he was Fair on the field, I never Fair would have enough. noticed he was there. No, you would have noticed it. I wouldn't have. 99 is the biggest dude on the field. Are you telling me you're going to watch a football game and not be like, hey, that's the biggest dude on the field? That's like noticing Mount Cody when he played for Alabama, like, all those years ago. Like, that dude was so big. Like, you would have noticed Kinlaw. Now, you might have not noticed him because of football reasons, but you would have noticed him. <laughs> I like to notice him for football reasons. Imagine that, like, shut up with, and I'm not talking to you, but, like, let's just shut down the Javon Kinlaw talk. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Based on one preseason game? Based on 15 snaps? Based on the fact that we've been hearing about it for years with him, and he's actually played, and I've never seen it. I've never seen, outside of the pick six he had, I've never seen like one single thing to get me excited about Javon Kinlaw. Have you? Can you think of any other play in his career? Yeah, his first two days at the Senior Bowl. Oh. <laughs> like, give me a get the his hell Alabama tape from college, his Georgia tape from college. I will say this to credit him because I agree with you. But the last, the difference between the last three years, and this is why I'll say, don't write him off today. Wait, give him oh, the rest of the go. games. He's not rehabbing. Right, he's training. He's training. It didn't pay off last night. I'll tell you that. Okay, so he doesn't get the he's rusty coming off of an injury, hasn't played football in a long time excuse that we gave the other guys. I want him to do one thing. I can point to plays that Trey Lance made that looked positive from the game. I can't point to a single play that Javon Kinlaw made that looks well, good. If they ended Trey Lance's day after the first two drives, what do you think would have hit, would what do you think you would have said about his day too, right? Like he played a lot more in that game than Kinlaw as well. Okay, look, maybe I'm wrong. All I'm saying is I don't want to hear any no, more. You hype. could be right, dude. I'm just saying don't don't do it today. Just give yourself another month to do it. I'm doing it today. Because okay, I don't think fine. his knees I don't think his knee's gonna hold up. And that's okay. what I've always said okay. with him. I just don't think his body is gonna like that stuff doesn't magically get better in year four. When you've got a chronic knee problem that you've had multiple surgeries on. I don't think like, oh, now it's fixed. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Let me ask you this, right? Because we haven't talked about it the entire show. We went straight from quarterbacks to defensive line. Like the Niners have a very young backup offensive line filled with players that they are looking to develop, right? And you and I know that developing offensive linemen is a process in the NFL. It takes one to two years. It takes two to three years, right? Cause you have to change their body. They have to get strong enough. There's like 80,000 more plays that they have to memorize. There's much more nuance to the run game, much more nuance to the pass game. Yesterday to me felt like a situation where we saw Zakel, we saw Poe and all these guys, and they looked like they were a year away from being ready to play if they were strung into games now the Niners kind of went through this process when Sean Coleman got hurt in 2019 they went with school and Brunskill and it yep. turned out to be okay but it's similar they're t- it feels like they're taking a similar risk with their backup O-line where they're going with young guys who may have the talent to eventually be good um backup players but but for now those guys might not be ready to play it certainly didn't look like they were ready to play I mean they were getting from the from the jump they were struggling. Zakel in particular looked not good. I was really excited to see Jason Poe. To me, there were a couple of plays where I felt like he kind of got lost in the wash. Um, the fourth and or the uh, short yardage running, which is basically you know mostly predicated on higher offensive line blocks. I mean, they just were smothered. Yeah, they got moved. M- multiple short yardage situations, uh, whether it was quarterback sneaks or runs. That fourth and two play, I don't know if it was the line or it might have been a tight end, but somebody didn't block somebody for the Raiders who went right in and made the tackle. That was a little frustrating. Uh, It just wasn't a good night. Now, again, I think I saw Javi mention in the chat, uh, you know, like this is a veteran team. They're not going to get super hyped up for preseason week one, but you would have liked to have seen a little bit of life out of at least some units on the team. And I really didn't get it. I got it from individual players. Ronnie Bell had a good game. 
Ambry Thomas had a good game, I thought, especially for him. He made some nice plays in coverage. Uh, Deshaun Jameson as a returner had a good game. But unit-wise, there was no good unit. Even the special teams with Jake Moody and the penalties on the kick returns, there was no good unit for the Niners last night. Yeah, I agree. That's that's probably a great way to sum it up. I did think if we're going to the kick returns, I thought Deshaun Jameson flashed. Like yes. he flashed some different kind of movement ability, maybe a little more explosion than even Ray Ray McLeod as a returner. And mind you, Ray Ray McLeod, only $875,000. That's what Jed York probably has in his back pocket right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's It only takes that much to release him. So now that he's gotten hurt, if Bell flashed yesterday and Jameson puts a stamp on being the returner, Ray Ray McLeod could be gone maybe a year early than people expected. Yeah, I think that Jamison definitely looked better than Ronnie Bell. Uh, Ronnie Bell, to me, did not look great as a returner. As a receiver, he looked fantastic. Um, but give me Jamison as a returner until uh, Ray Ray can come back. And we'll, you know, we'll see what decision gets made when that actually happens down the stretch. Um, can we get to the kicker? Because Let's get I to know, the kicker. Oh, I knew you would want to talk about it. I knew it. Third rounder. They they took him in the third. I don't know if you're aware. Every time he misses a kick, we have to say that he was drafted in the third round. Mike Silver, especially. Uh, that is the most annoying thing to me. Like, yes, he's going to miss kicks. Like, every kicker misses kicks. He's going to miss kicks. One of the kicks he missed was a 58-yarder. Like, a 58-yarder. I don't think we can reasonably expect he's going to be banging a lot of those home. Now, part of the reason he was drafted is because he has a big leg, and so they're hoping to get those once in a while. Uh, He had the leg for it, though, at least, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but it was in the next zip code. Um, But, dude, Robbie Robbie used to put those five yards short. Oh, I mean, there's they don't even attempt it with Robbie Gold, clearly. But, like, I'm not freaking out about them taking Jake Moody. Like, I feel like people are just waiting for him to miss a kick so they could be like, oh, a kicker, ha, 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 and like dunk on the thing. It's like, all right, Jesus Christ, calm down. Yeah, he probably was a little nervous. It was his first professional game. He's a human being. He missed a couple of kicks. He made an extra point. Okay. Like, let's calm down a little bit here. If he if he was perfect on all his kicks, would everybody have been saying, great job, 49ers. We were wrong. You should absolutely have taken a kick. No, they wouldn't have done that. So, like, let's just relax. I 100% agree. By the way, Josh McDaniels is a mega dick for icing him. In- he claims that he wasn't doing that. I don't believe it. And I wonder if Kyle asked him to, which I get Maybe. if you're Kyle. Like, I have yeah. no problem with that. Yeah, that's that's a very Belichickian thing to do. But either way, um, I'm more interested to see how he kicks in the next preseason game than I care that he missed two kicks in this one, right? Like, kickers are going to miss kicks. That's just part of being a kicker. But... Do you have the mental fortitude to put up with the criticism that he's going to get for being a third round picket kicker and then come back and be able to make your kicks, right? Like that's what made Robert Aguayo fail. It wasn't just that, hey, Mm -hmm. he couldn't kick in the NFL. Like, no, he had the ability to kick in the NFL. He didn't have the mental ability to put up with the fact that he was a second round pick kicking in the NFL and the pressure of dealing with that. And so that's going to be the one thing we're going to be able to watch out for with Jake Moody. Does he have the mindset to bounce back from this? Because if he does, then missing kicks, it, it's part of the job that tends to happen, but he will have a long-standing career. Like, you remember Nick Folk? Do you remember how bad he was on the Jets and the Cowboys and how good he became for New England? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about a talent thing. It's about psyche. And we'll see if he bounced. Like, the big selling point with him was psyche, right? That Harbaugh right. was tough on him, and he was able to bounce back. And we'll see. We'll see. Uh, not the start you would have wanted. It was not a good start for 49ers draft class. Like, Cam Latu. Ugh. Fumble. Oh, like, yeah, dude. That, that one, hold that on was to a the ball. That was Struggle. a rough start. Oh, man. That stunk. And, obviously, the Jake Moody thing. I thought Tig Brown played okay he had a nice tackle at the goal line to keep a guy out yeah. of the end zone uh i thought that was, was a really good tackle one-on-one yeah. in the alley got him down before the goal line it was it was good like i i you know i didn't really see him one way or the other but i saw that that was a pretty good play um so yeah i like that but all in all the draft class was you know not off to the best start how about ambry thomas though i i was saying in my post game that i wrote off ambry thomas on making this roster And one thing that we do have to keep in mind, not only that he played well yesterday, I think that plays into it that he looks confident and like a different player than he did last year when he had no confidence. But the other thing is that Steve Wilkes likes 
big press corners, right? Like they signed Mooney Ward a year ago, who's a big press corner. They mm-hmm. drafted that wasn't Steve Wilkes, but it's in that same process. Darrell Luther is a big press corner who they drafted. That is Ambry Thomas's game. He's a prototypical bump and run. That's what he did in Michigan. And so I, I, I think it's interesting that from a personnel mindset, he fits the mold of what the defensive coordinator typically looks for in a cornerback. And now that he's improved, I wonder if maybe myself and a lot of different people wrote off his opportunity to make this roster too soon and elevated like the Jamisons and of the world way too fast. Cause he looked good, dude. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Uh, if you listen to him talk, he said that, you know, he put in the, the work in the off season, which he didn't do last year, which always blows me away. Like how many times do we have to hear players in the NFL say, Hey, I thought I arrived and now I'm really putting in the work. Like learn from the mistakes of, of previous generations here. Like, how about you just put in the work all the time? Wow. <laughs> That's what the wow. money is for. I'm just saying. <laughs> like, damn, man. <laughs> You're right. He does look better. And that, look, we need depth at that position. So with the more players we have playing well, and we didn't get to see Darrell Luter because he's been hurt, uh, but they need it. So that is good news for us. We don't have the same battles at corner as like we do at quarterback, right? Like we don't care who the hell steps up as long as somebody does. As long as it's not Josh Norman, Janoris Jenkins, Drake Kirkpatrick. Yeah. So it's funny, all the subjects that we have talked about throughout the show and the whole conversation in the chat has been quarterbacks the entire time. People are still arguing. DR says Trey Lance had 3.4 seconds to throw. The NFL average last year was 2.7 seconds. I don't know that Trey had three seconds to throw every time. I haven't timed it. Um, but I think it's yeah, funny. It's that- like, but it's like if he gets out of the pocket and scrambles for seven seconds on one play and gets out of bounds for a yard gain, does that like right. affect his time to throw? That's where like this stuff is pretty whack. I think it's just funny that he had like what I described at the beginning, just a polarizing performance from a polarizing player, right? There was moments that showed his potential and his talent. There were also moments that showed his rawness, which gives enough equity for all sides to give their opinion and not be exactly wrong. I think the bigger thing is that like, Hey, he's a young player who had his first preseason game back from a serious injury. It was up and down. There's still a lot of offseason left. There's two yep. more of these preseason games. Let's find out what happens from here, which really should be, I think, how we should be looking at it. But you know how the next five days are going to be, Rob. Maybe it's a good thing that the next five days will be like that. I don't know. Oh, it's going to be trash, trash, trash. Werewolves of Sanger says anyone who's freaking out over the first preseason game must be new to the game. I completely agree. But again, part of it is, especially with Lance, is just how long we've waited. We've always had to wait when it comes to Trey Lance. And then when he struggled, I feel like the criticism has come down double because of that. Because like, you made us wait for that, you know, like. And, I think and it's, it's it's the make make us wait along with the expectations that get built up over time because we're waiting to see something. And when those expectations get built up to such a point, I think people are always expecting to see something without realizing. I think David Lombardi had a really, really good tweet on it about how people's expectations of what they want to see from Trey Lance are very, very skewed. And that's where when he comes and, you know, you and I, I feel like you and I tried this entire offseason to be like, hey, guys, he's not going to be Jalen Hurts. Like he's not just going to magically become a different player. You have to play football to do that. And he hasn't played. And. I I think the reality with him right now is that we're seeing that he's still young. He's still very talented. He's still very raw, but he's got, he hasn't gotten the opportunity to work through his kinks as a football player. And as a starting NFL quarterback that other people drafted at his position have gotten, and he's got to get it now. I don't think he can wait any longer. I don't think he can sit another year. Like, I don't like, I think that just tanks his career. Like he's got to go play and figure out if he can get a second contract as a starting quarterback or not. To me, I think he should be QB. I I still would like to see him start, but I get why the Niners are going to go with Brock. Like I, I understand their thinking there, but to me, you have to put him at QB too. And if Brock gets hurt, then you, then you're it's get out of jail free to me. If you're the 49ers, right? Oh, our starter got hurt for a long-term injury. Well, Guess we'll have to play our number three overall pick, and at least we can let him grow in a lost season. Now, if you don't never... trade him, to me, that's what you have to do as well. Right. Like playing Sam Darnold gets you nothing. Does anyone think that Sam Darnold's going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl? Because I sure as hell don't. And he's a free agent after the year anyway. So, like, to me, 
you get nothing out of playing Sam Darnold except setting yourself up for disappointment. At least if you were to play Lance, if Brock got hurt, you'd, you'd get the information. You'd get the knowledge. You'd get him the chance to develop. And, and to me, there's value in that. There absolutely is. Because what's most likely to happen this year, Vish? Most likely, Brock's going to play. And let's assume he stays healthy, even though that's not a given with 49ers quarterbacks. He stays healthy. Maybe the 49ers make the playoffs. They and they get eliminated at some point. So if you've got another playoff season for the 49ers, maybe it's another NFC championship game. Maybe it's a divisional game, whatever. And you don't win the Super Bowl. Are you then confident in saying that Brock is definitely their guy for 2024? I don't know. Maybe depends he is. how the season looks, right? It depends how the season looks. It depends how it ends, right? Like if he, if it's different, like if it looks like how it looked like with Jimmy, then yeah, you could make an argument that there's a couple veteran quarterbacks that'll be available at that point in the market that might make a difference, especially with Brock's salary being so low, he can transition right to being the backup quarterback. But if he plays really well and they just lose in the playoffs, maybe due to other circumstances or, you know, other people get hurt and all of that, like, well then of course he's your future quarterback, at least for the next year. Jay Mill, what gives you confidence? Soft Lance can win a Super Bowl. Freaking Robert Cohn. I never said wow. Lance could win a Super Bowl. I said I want him to play to figure out what we have. I don't know why this is so freaking hard for people to grasp. I want him to play so we can see what we have. Yeah. Period. End of story. The only difference I, is, unlike some people, I don't automatically assume that he's going to lose every game he plays. That's it. I, I agree with you. Like, I think we've reached a point where he can't be on the sidelines anymore. Like, this is not a quarterback. Like, I don't know how people saw that yesterday and were like, yes, he sucks. Or, yes, he's the best quarterback ever. What we saw was what we saw as a rookie, too. He's young and he's so <laughs> raw, but he's also pretty talented, right? Like, we just described three or four plays that show why he was the third pick in the draft. We also described three or four plays on what happens when you don't when you've only played like 600 throws of football in your entire life competitively since high school. Like we've described both of those things like he needs to play whether he can win a Super Bowl or not. Well, we're not going to find that out until he plays, man. Let him play back to back games and we'll see what happens from there. I just don't think this team is going to really give him the opportunity to go through that process, which is why I say it's time. Get him somewhere else. Get him somewhere else. Yeah, but there's, that's not happening. Nobody else wants him. Like, so it, it, it's here or nowhere for him, unfortunately. You, you think so? I, I think that in seeing that he was healthy yesterday, seeing that the talent, like he's come back from the injury, he seemed to move pretty well, right? He moved within the pocket pretty well. He had a couple of nice escapes. He looked pretty healthy. I think all of those things should help his value, right? Like if you were trying to trade him around draft time in May, Nobody had seen him come back from the injury. He was such an unknown and all of that. Now that you know that a lot of the talent is still there, a lot of the potential is still there, a lot of the makeup is exactly what we thought it would be. It's just about going through a process of playing him, right? Like, I feel like somebody could take a chance now. I doubt it. Uh, you but doubt we'll it? Yeah, I don't think anybody. What, what makes you doubt it? Is it just because the fact that nobody who, wants to take an experience on that lack of playing time? Yeah, like who's going to look at him? Is anyone going to take him and make him the starter? Because if they're not, then what's the point? Like, he's so right. inexperienced that right. they're not going to say, like, we need to add this guy as a backup quarterback. So I just, that's why I don't think it's going to happen. I want to say this because we've been doing this show for almost an hour and I haven't said it and I feel like we're taking it for granted. But from what we know right now, it looks like the Niners escaped healthy. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to speak at, I think, 2 p.m. Pacific time today on a conference call. So we may get an update because a lot of times we see the day after game. But I don't even remember seeing a 49ers player like stay on the ground for a long time last night, which holy crap. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. please. More of that. I, I took that. I took that completely for granted the last like 28 hours Yep. Um, or last like 14 hours like until you pointed that out like that's a great point that is probably the point that should be the headline of all the shows today yes that's the first and most important point forget the 34 to 7 forget what Trey Lance did what he didn't do what Sam Darnold did what he didn't do what this defensive player did the fact that they came out of here knock on wood apparently allegedly it's seeming like fully healthy is a massive W Yes, more of that, please. Let's not take that for granted because that's not always the case with the 49 Now, granted, like Elijah Mitchell is already hurt, so he didn't play. So right, right, there is right. some of that, but at least hopefully 
I, and again, I didn't see Kyle didn't mention any injuries in the postgame presser uh, last night. So we'll see. Knock on wood. But I, I just didn't want to take that for granted because like Chris Maldonado says, YouTube channel member, which, by the way, shout out to you. Become a YouTube channel member for less than three dollars a month. Uh, let's get through the preseason healthy, please. One down, one down and two to go. Do you think we'll see some more starters uh, this week against who is it? Denver? No. No. You don't think we'll see any starters in the preseason? It depends. Like, I don't think by starters, like, I don't think like the Nick Bosa, well, he's not signed, but Debo, Brandon, maybe Brandon Ayuk, but Debo, Kittle, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. I don't think we see Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead. I don't see these guys go on the field. Maybe we see like a Spencer Burford play a couple of series in one of these preseason games or something like that. Oh man. Now, now I just put a foot in my mouth on answering this question. Cause I said no originally, but now, yeah, I guess we'll see a couple of those guys. That's my answer. Pedro. I don't know. Pedro says two and 15. There's a lot of sky is falling takes after a preseason loss to the Raiders. Lazy television says Darnold will start the next first half when he plays well. It's a wrap, but only a matter of time before he starts sharing reps with Purdy. Did he you see Darnold. From Sam Darnold that made you think he could challenge for QB one? No, I didn't. No, <laughs> right. I like. like sorry. I, 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 some of the Darnold being impressive things, I feel like, is morally directly correlated to some of Lance's worst plays, and Darnold never having a worse play as bad as like him throwing it directly to a linebacker or on a touchdown where he. I mean, Shanahan actually described it as a good decision afterwards, so I'm excited, excited to see it on film. But it seemed like he had a hole to fit that ball and the cornerback made a really nice play on it so it's interesting to see but i i think it i think some of the darnold hype is because of that and one really really nice throw to ronnie bell then oh this sam darnold in the third quarter of a preseason game look like a freaking superstar that the <laughs> niners have a quarterback like get out of here with that no way you saw that it is amazing to me that sam darnold is still getting a shot in the NFL. If Sam Darnold was black, there's no chance he would be in, in any conversation for even a QB2 having the exact same numbers. Let's just there, call it like it is. There is but, a history with that, though, right? Like how many washed up or quarterbacks that are black that get drafted early in the draft flop with their first team? How many of them get to have 10 year Blaine Gabbert careers as a backup quarterback? Flop with right. their first team, flop with their second team. Darnold flopped with the Panthers too and immediately lost his job to Baker. But I I, I don't I, I think that point exists all around, Rob, but I don't think in Darnold's case it's that. I think in Darnold's case, he just had way too much hype coming out of the draft. Way too many people fell in love with him out of USC. And when you fall in love with the player, it's everybody else's fault, not his fault, until you get the player and you realize it's also his fault along with everybody else's fault. And so I, I think that that's what happened a little bit with Sam Darnold. And I completely agree with this comment from Randall. Sam Darnold makes two good throws and then a throw into triple coverage. Yanked. I agree. Because if the Niners are going to sell you on Darnold as QB2, he can't be throwing picks. He can't look bad in these games. But Kyle yanked him out of there to get him out before he did anything. That's what it was. was. That's what it was. I totally think they've wanted to make Darnold QB2 all along. And this is their way to help justify that. Jeez, you're deep in your bag this morning. I've always said that. I've always said it was never going to be a fair fight between Lance and Sam. And I stand by I, it. I don't know. I don't know if you can say that after one preseason game, because I don't know if we definitively got a one guy's ahead of the other yesterday. Did you? Well, I mean, to hear the 49ers press corps talk about it, all of a sudden Lance was ahead of Darnold. You notice we didn't hear that, right? Before the game, we heard, oh, they're all even. No one separated themselves. Then after Lance plays and doesn't look good, they say, well, you know, Lance was actually ahead of Darnold, and now he, he blew his chance. Now Sam's ahead of him, and tough on Trey. He blew his chance. He could have done it. He didn't do it. And so it's really funny how that little narrative starts to change once we see Lance actually get in there and play. Yeah, but what didn't Darnold have to prove that he could be QB2? That's what I don't get in all of this. Like, did Darnold really prove he was better than Allen yesterday? Well, I don't even honestly He's like more talented than Allen. There's no doubt about that. But did Allen look like he was not belonging on this roster compared to the other two guys just based on how they played yesterday? If I actually thought Allen had, basis, Allen had the best throw of the day out of anybody. 
Frank, right. I think it was a throw. It didn't count because I think it was Tay Martin's foot. Right, came right. Out of bounds. Foot bounds, right. That was the best throw of the night to me. Okay. And so this is where I feel like some of this conversation with this is a little bit uh, weird because, like, if Allen is a part of this conversation, we can't just include him as a part of this conversation when we feel like he unseats Lance, right? He has to be a part of this competition with Lance and Darnold because they are simultaneously competing with each other. So maybe I, I think you could definitely say based on yesterday alone in the preseason game, Darnold was better in his limited time than Lance was in his slightly more extended time. But I don't know if you then can look at Darnold and be like, yeah, definitively quarterback too. Because then what about Allen? Did Darnold look that much better than Allen? No, I don't think so. Not based on yesterday. If we're going based solely on yesterday. Right. No. But the one thing I've heard about Allen in camp is that while he's had some really good days, he's had some hideously bad days also which everyone was saying the other three quarterbacks didn't have that horribly bad day that Allen had had. Again, take that for what it's worth. I don't know, but I'm just, I'm fu- It's funny seeing so many people think that Sam Darnold is going to start and Sam Darnold is so good. And it's just. Hey, some people have it. Why, why some people can have that opinion. I, I think it's fair. I think you could see why what is Sam it based Darnold. Off of? What is it based off of? It's the talent of the player. And it's the fact but that they're... he hasn't been put. Look, he's been in bad situations since USC. I've never been a bad, big fan of him. But since Juju Smith-Schuster and Ronald Jones left USC and he had to deal with the crap with Clay Helton the last year he was there at USC, that was a shitty situation. He went to the Jets. They had a good situation his first year. He showed a lot of talent in the second half of his rookie year. I'm not even a fan of Sam Darnold. I didn't like him before the draft. I didn't like him at all. But the second half of his rookie year with Jeremy Bates as his offensive coordinator, he played well. He looked like he could be a franchise quarterback. Hit the fan the next year because he got mono and he had to deal with Adam Gaze. Then he had to go deal with Matt Rule and all of that in Carolina. And he wasn't very good in either of those situations too. But there is a lot of talent to the player where you think, if you put him in an offense like this with a coach like this, he could be successful. The coach himself thinks that, dude. Yeah, well, the coach is wrong. He's, He's wrong. wrong. Like, damn it. Did we ever think Matt Rule sucks because Sam Darnold was awful? Like, why do yeah. we – we're sure that Matt Rule can't coach? I, maybe it's just Sam Darnold is terrible, and so we think that Matt Rule sucks. How about that? Like, but there damn were it. other Every... parts of the team that were crappy besides the quarterback, right? Yeah. Every coach ever says, I can fix him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what they all say. And guess what? You know how many guys get fixed? Like none of them. Almost well, Rob, 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 Rob. Just because they don't usually get fixed doesn't mean that there's a possibility that the guy can't be fixed. Like you're acting like, okay, because Sam Darnold guys don't usually get fixed, they don't get fixed at all. But then if we're going to talk about definitives, I can say, well, definitively, nobody with Trey Lance's pass attempts in college has ever been successful in the NFL. Yes, you still have to go through the process of finding out what these guys do in the NFL. And look, in Sam Darnold's case, it hasn't been good so far, but I don't think you can fully write him off today. He's got how many more games? How many more games and picks does he have to throw before we can write him off? Like, when is it safe to just write him off? He's, I mean, he's already half written off, right? He's here on a $4 million contract competing for a backup job. He shouldn't even be here. He shouldn't even be here for that. He shouldn't even be in the league. He really shouldn't. He really should not be in the league. He shouldn't be in the league. If he was black, he wouldn't be in the league. He I absolutely wouldn't be in the league. I disagree with he shouldn't break. be in the league. I, I think he's one of the best 40 or 50 quarterbacks in the NFL for sure. Why? Based on Not based on what he's actually done. It's not based on what he has actually done on the field. So what is, would you put Brandon Allen? Like, should he be in the league? Oh, Brandon Allen, I think, should be ahead of Sam Darnold. Brandon Allen doesn't have the bad that Sam Darnold has. Did you see Brandon Allen Allen in Cincinnati the year before Joe Burrow? Yeah. Yeah, It was terrible. They were the first pick in the draft for a reason. Was he 90 combined fumbles and interceptions in 56 career games bad? He didn't get 56 career games to get to 90. He would have yeah, gotten to 100 got probably if he got six picks in his career. Like I would, it's like when you're applying for a credit card, I'll take no credit over bad credit. Although I know credit card companies don't look at it that way. I'll take unknown over known bad any day of the week. I, this is, I, this is like unknown. Like, I feel like there's also like a talent threshold that we're talking about with NFL quarterback, right? Like, Talent gets you fired, man. 
Dude, he's like, I, oh. I, I disagree with you. I Look, I'm not the biggest Sam Darnold fan, but surely, dude, he is one of the 50 or 60 best quarterbacks in the NFL if we're just saying he can be a backup. Like, he's not a guy that should be out of the league. I don't think that. I oh. think he should be out. I don't Chris think he's Maldonado good. Chris Maldonado doesn't agree with me. There's more Chris people. Is like, Rob speaking facts. Vish, you're Thank taking you, it. I, that's the second part of this. He's like, Vish, you're taking it when he says Rob speaking facts. <laughs> Thank you for your for your continued following. There's a lot of people that think that I'm totally wrong about this, to be fair. Uh, Where are they? See. I need to see the comments. Pooks. Ah, Rob there we go. Sam is about to put his boy Trey out of a job, LOL. Again, like, oh, it is Rob's so hate, This is funny. I'll, I'll answer this for you. Rob's hate is not about Sam Darnold has nothing to do with Trey Lance. He hates what? Sam Darnold. He would be hating on Sam Darnold if Sam Darnold's on the Bills right now. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be caring about Sam Darnold if he was okay. on the Bills right now. Well, but yeah, no, right? it doesn't matter. Like if Trey Lance was was not on the team, I would still be criticizing Sam Darnold just as much. Like it has nothing to do with Trey Lance. Manny says, Vish, can you block Rob? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be back on Monday with Rob. So... He and I can continue this uh, back and forth maybe next week because I know Rob doesn't like going beyond an hour, and we're already an hour and four minutes and 42 seconds. That's true. Well, this is the first preseason game brings it out of me. But anyway, uh, okay, I just want to see how many fans Sam Darnold has if he actually gets to play and starts turning the ball over left, right, and center like he has every single place he's been throughout his entire career. And that is indeniable. You cannot... It is a proven fact that that's what Sam Darnold does. And that's exactly what we don't need from the quarterback. But anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Rate, review, follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like and subscribe to both YouTube channels. Search on YouTube, Vish Kumaran, K-U-M-A-R-A-N. His his channel will pop right up. Like and subscribe there. Please like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel as well. We'll be back tomorrow with... Steph Sanchez and Jason Aponte in the Bully Ball podcast, hopefully around, uh, let's see, 8 a.m. Pacific time, maybe a little later. Haven't finalized the time yet, but around there. So we hope you join us for that. Thanks for all the questions, the comments, criticisms. I don't care. That's fine. Just want you to be a part of the show. Bish, let's hope it gets better from here. It's going to get better, Rob. It's okay. It's okay. Have a good one, everybody.